0: So um, we got the recorders on now, and I'll just um come on to the side right here and watch you on the screen. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and go over the double A scoreboard again. Um, I had to set the recorder. Uh, we are uh, recording for the uh, podcast, the audio um version. So, um, please be um advised if I don't if you don't uh, hear me, it's um because of the recorders are on. So. Okay, uh, it is Chattanooga up 2 nothing against Biloxi. Also, it is 4-1 Mobile on top of uh, Tennessee. Also, is Erie and um, Akron uh, even at 4. Also, it is 5-3 um, 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 Hawford. Also, it is um, Jacksonville up 8-2 against the Braves. Also, it is um, Montgomery up 6-1 against Pensacola. Also, it is um, Trenton winning 4-3. Biloxi wins in the first game 4-3. to Also, um, Redding um, wins 4-1. Also, it is uh, New Hampshire winning 2-0. And Bowie wins um, 4-2 to over um, um, Harrisburg. So that is the um, score updates. Let's give you a, a Summer League score update. Let's go ahead and do that. Okay, it is, um, switch it around, give me one second to, um, okay, it is 45-33, um, Memphis on top, that's in the second quarter, that's the only game tonight in the uh, Summer League um, games tonight, 45-33, now it is, so we got it in the scoreboard, so let's switch this over, Okay, um we are we are we are um broadcasting tonight's 2019 um SEC Media Days. Uh we will have um all the um video clips from every one of the um coaches that are gonna be um participating in the SEC Media Days. Uh first up we will have coach uh Ed Ergeron with LSU. Um we want to hear what he has to say, so the video will be playing. You can comment um to me uh while um the video is playing um, i will have the um chat room on so you can come in and um state your opinion um about anything else so let's go ahead um we're gonna switch this over so so give me one second let me turn on the um the stream so let's begin with our uh, coach ed Ergeron. uh he is the um he started um speaking at 455 that's five minutes to five today so let's go ahead and talk um listen to Ed Ersheron. we also will listen to um uh, the lineup will be um Barry Odom from um Missouri um Greg Sankey from the SEC um Commissioner's Office and also um Dan Mullen from um Florida. So uh, without further ado, we'll um, go ahead and talk. Um, we'll go ahead and begin with Ed Ersheron. He is the head coach of LSU. So let's begin.
1: Wireless network claims are so confusing. America's most reliable
0: network. The nation's largest and most reliable network. The best network is even better. Best. Fastest. Best. Enough. Sprint's doing things differently. They're offering a new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. I mean... Yeah, it is. A student coach after playing wide receiver
2: at McNeese the past two years and their third son Tyler is a member of the football staff at LSU and you can imagine that Kelly has McNeese games on in the uh, coach's box during LSU games when they conflict. Also a note about LSU football, senior long snapper Blake Ferguson is the chair of the SEC student athlete leadership council and has done well in leading that group. He also has a great bottle cap challenge video met equally well by his brother, who's a long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. With that information, LSU had football cap, coach and Ogeron.
3: Thank you, Commissioner. I really appreciate you, of my family. It means a lot. Great to be back at the SEC Media Day to represent Louisiana State University. What an honor. Uh, we're excited about the three young men that we brought here today. Great examples of LSU student athletes, what a football player should be. Joe Burrow, Lloyd Cushenberry, and Grant Delpin. who well, I think Grant Delpin is the best defensive player in the country coming back this year. I'd like to thank Tommy Moffitt and his strength staff for a tremendous job this summer. We couldn't ask for a better strength coach and a better strength staff than we have with Tommy Moffat and our football team. We've had a great summer. Our coaches have had a great summer. We're ready to go. It won't be long. Um, We're excited about our 2019 class. We feel that we have a very good class coming in. Two players already there. Derek Stingley and Apuaika starting on our football team already. Both of those guys are tremendous players. Cardell Thomas, who's the number one guard in the country, who stayed committed to us and was the leader of our recruiting class, is going to have a chance to compete to start at left guard. We have two excellent running backs in Tyron Davis and John Emory. Those guys are elite backs. Uh, They're going to play this year. They're going to compete. Trey Palmer, one of the fastest guys in the country, is going to add to our already deep wide receiver car, Marcel Brooks. Is going to be an excellent player along with the rest of the class, so we're excited to see this these guys. First time we can coach most of these guys in camp, we're going to give them a chance to compete and to play. I look forward to fall camp. I will block out the noise. Statement is going to be there again this year. Uh, last year there was negativity. People didn't know what type of football team we was going to have. They were talking about this, talking about that. Now this year they say we're going to have a really good football team. And I do believe we're going to have a really good football team.
0: I'm going to say this, look. What he's saying about the block out the noise situation, I really think um, they should implement it. Because, look, they're going to have a lot of bullshit going on about LSU being nationally ranked and stuff like that. You got to block out the noise because um, – it's not, uh, this season, it's not going to be a given. So uh, we'll go ahead and play um, some more uh, clips of him. Let me go ahead and hit, let's this over.
3: But we have to get back to work. We have to get back to the true grit and the fundamentals that it takes in camp and block out the noise. And I know our team's going to do that with tremendous leadership. On offense, we went to the spread. We hired Joe Brady. He came from the Saints, a very talented coach. Uh, he spent some time at Penn State where he learned the RPOs, or run pass options, and he has been a game changer for our staff. He and Steve Ensminger worked together. Wonderful. Steve Ensminger has done a great job for us as offensive coordinator. I expect those two to run a very prolific offense, uh, led by Joe Burrow. Uh, this is Joe's type of offense. Joe is a a dual threat quarterback, uh, we could not run Joe as much as we wanted to last year, we ran him at Texas A&M, ran him towards the end of the year, Bob was hurt, now Miles Brennan is healthy, so we're going to do a lot more running with Joe this year, and I know he's going to fit in well with this offense, uh, Miles Brennan is up to 212 pounds, we're going to play him, him, him in significant times this year. I want him to be ready. I want him to act like he's a starter. We think that he is going to be an excellent quarterback. And we also have Peter Parrish, at quarterback right there. Offensive line returns four starters. Uh, We feel like we're going to be very solid there. We have to improve on our pass protection. I know we will. Probably the strength of our offense is going to be our wide receiver core, led by Justin Jefferson, a fantastic route runner. Uh, he, He and Jamar Chase are two outstanding Football players along with Terrace Marshall, who is coming along to his own, was one of the best uh, wide receivers coming out of high school. And uh, we have Stefan Sullivan, who's a six-six receiver. We can use him at receiver inside or at tight end. I talked about Tyrone and John at, at uh, running back, along with uh, Clyde Evans and along with Leonard Fournette and Chris Curry. So we're going to be very solid there on defense. I talked about it all day today. I think this is the best group of white, uh, uh, defensive backs I've ever coached. And that's 35 years of coaching. I'm talking about a collective group led by Grant Delbert, who I believe is the best player in the, in the country coming back on defense. Uh, Christian Fulton's coming back from an injury. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC, if not in America. Derek Stingley is going to be a phenomenal player. Jacoby Stevens, who was a great athlete out of Tennessee is coming back. And then we have Kerry Vincent who ran a 10, 0, 700 meters, one of the fastest guys in the country. At linebacker we've got to replace Devin White. Uh, a, I don't know how you replace that guy. He's the buckets Award winner, but we have three great linebackers. Michael Divinity move from outside linebacker. Then Jacob Phillip and Patrick Queen going to start from the fighting position, going to start position there. We have four returning starters on the defensive front. It all starts up front. We have Caleb Monchess off back. We're excited about him. He's our best pass rusher. Rashard Lawson returning for the senior year. Brady Fajoko and Glenn Logan, all those guys have started. So we have a rotation. We're going to attack tackle.
0: He just said, um, like I said, he has four starters coming back uh, on defense. That's one thing that's going to help this LSU um, defense out. Because they're gonna have Kennevon Chesh on, that's the um guy that's gonna be the rusher. So I'll be honest with you, this LSU uh defense is gonna be um very exciting to watch this year. So without a shadow of a doubt, look, I mean a lot of people gonna say these these guys are probably gonna be undersized, stuff like that. No, bullshit. I will not agree with that. Because that, like I said, LSU. It's going to build these guys up. And I'm going to tell you right now, this season, it's going to um, depend on if they get to the playoffs or not. So that's my take on it. Um, let me go ahead and go back and um, let you all listen to more of what Ed Erzeron had to say.
3: Front, make more plays in the backfield. On special teams, I'm excited by Greg McMahon. Uh, Greg has done a tremendous job for us as our special teams coordinator. We have to replace Cole Tracy, who was a tremendous asset to our football team last year, but we have a young man named Cade York uh, who has a very strong leg. He's very active. We look forward to seeing him. He reacts kicked 90% of his kickoffs into the end zone. Uh, Zach Van Rosenberg, Josh Grotten is coming back at uh, at punter, so we are very, very excited about that. We think that we have a very, very strong special teams coming back. Blake Ferguson has been our deep snapper for four years, a great young man. Any questions?
4: All right, thank you, Coach. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll have Amanda Jordan and Sarah get a microphone to you. we start right over here on our left-hand side. Hold on. Olin Buchanan with Taxags.com, Coach, uh, at the spring meetings you said that it was going to be a a hell of a week when (laughs) A&M
3: comes to LSU. What's going to be different, do you think, about y'all's approach uh, this year as in previous years? I think, you know, the way last year's game ended uh, added some to the rivalry. I think it's it's a game that I'm going to be looking forward to, that our players are looking forward to. Obviously, it's at the end of the year, I think it's going to – mean a lot to where we go and where we're going to stand on the season. Uh, obviously, we felt that we should have won that game three or four times, but that's that's done. Uh, there are some things that we could have done better in that game, but we're going to work very hard
4: to fix that. All right, we'll go down here on our left front row, Ron.
2: Yeah, Ed, uh, Ron Higgins, TigerDetails.com. I know you're not thrilled a lot of times with Joe Burrow running the ball and trying to take on you know, a tackler has run over
3: people, but how has his physicality affected your offense and then the way they approach things? Yeah, I, I, I do believe that Joe, if we let him, would run the run, run into a brick wall uh, no matter what it took. He's that tough as a he has a linebacker mentality. We are going to use him on the quarterback runs, quarterback draws, but we're going to be careful how many times we run him a game. But it does add another element to our offense, but we won't still want to...
0: And that's why they have to have an effective passing game because um to, to prevent Joe barrow from running so that's the that's the main key this year um going into this um football season is um not to run him that as much as um as possible because look I'm gonna be honest with you if you run him uh into the ground I'm gonna tell you he's gonna get injured, and that's gonna be the biggest um um Bugaboo, that's going to, um, um, affect this LSU football team. So I say this, let's, let's run a maybe about, I could say, uh, if, if the pocket breaks down, I would say, let's run. If the pocket doesn't break down, we have effective O-line, um, blocking. He can get that ball downfield real quick. So that's my take on it. Um. Well, uh, we'll come back. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my analysis on it, uh, what he said. So let me go ahead and switch this back over.
3: we to be physical. We have some physical backs. LSU is always going to be physical. We want to be 50-50 and run the football. Coach, we'll go right down here in
4: front of us, front row. Good afternoon, Coach O. DJ Jones with Sports Visions Radio and TV. Uh, Tommy Robinson and uh, Peter Parrish are from Iron Nick of the yeah. Woods, Columbus, Georgia. Uh, first of all, Tommy uh, Robinson is your assistant head coach. Will you uh, share with us how much you depend on him or how much you go to him for
2: uh,
3: his, his opinions? And also, Peter Parrish, you mentioned him. I know Joe is your quarterback, but yeah. do you do you expect uh, Peter yeah. to get action this year? Yeah, well, Peter Parrish won the state championship in Alabama. In fact, we got the state championship quarterback in Alabama, the state championship quarterback in Louisiana, and the state championship quarterback in mississippi so we've got a lot of state championship quarterbacks and so we should be good there but I, I do believe peter's going to be a great quarterback for us and uh he fits into our run pass option offense does a great job has a great family tommy robinson's an outstanding man you couldn't find a better man than tommy
4: robinson he's very instrumental to our program okay we're going to go over here to our right coach on the near out right Roger uh, Saban with AL.com. Uh, how important was it for you to get Devonta Lee uh, to commit and come yeah. to LSU uh, from A-meet and yeah. just from an optics standpoint? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, really, it's, it, it, it's, it's a battle, obviously, a battle, especially from that area. And uh, we feel that we got the best player on that team. And uh, Devonta Lee had a great uh Uh, state championship uh, game he played offense he played defense he's a great young man and again he wanted to come to lsu his family he wanted uh, they they wanted to be there he never wavered he went take a couple of visits uh we felt that he's a high character young man he's gonna have a great career but it does mean something that we got a player out of amy to come to lsu it's a very fertile area as you know we'll
4: go over here on the left on the second row bob uh, hey, Ed, uh, Bob Holtar, it's side Democrat Gazette. How would you assess your, your two-plus seasons at LSU so far? Do you think this will be your best team, and do you feel like you guys are ready to challenge Alabama in the West? Yeah. You know, well, first of all, uh,
3: you know, last year uh, I felt that we, we had a good season. You know, we were two players away from being 12-1, and one, uh, and uh, we got to expound on that this year. Uh, we cannot make the mistakes that we made against Florida. Uh, we had opportunities to win the game at Texas A&M. There, those are two things that we need to look at. Now we had some big wins. Uh, Auburn was a big win. Miami was a big win. Georgia was a big win. Those, those were big wins. We, not, we did not play well against Alabama. Now we have to go on the road and play them again. We have a very tough schedule this year, uh, we, but we have a good football team, and uh, we, we should be able to answer the bell.
4: All right, we'll stay down front here along the aisle,
1: Security am in WZZN Radio, Huntsville, Alabama. Coach, I know you had a really good relationship with uh, Pete Jenkins, both at USC and LSU, and now you've brought John Robinson in as a consultant. What have both of those guys meant to you as far as helping you develop as a head coach? The mentors, you know, I always
3: use them, uh, like when Pete Pete was with me, you know, hey, Pete, what would you all do in this situation? Uh, How did you all practice? How did you all prepare for this? And he was able to come in my office and just talk to me like, He and I would talk with a lot of trust. The same thing with John Robinson. Uh, John Robinson, he's 82 years old. He's healthy. He's in good shape. Uh, He's going to be a consultant. He's going to be around. He's going to be in our meetings. He'll go to practice. He can't coach the players, but he can talk to the coaches. Hey, this is what we did in this situation. So those guys are
4: invaluable to have around. Coach, we're going to go over there, right? The second row, Scooter. Uh, Scooter, Hobbs, Lake Charles, American Press. Uh, you you keep threatening to go to this upbeat spread offense and a lot of schools and i'm taking you at your word this time but a lot of schools that do that have trouble maintaining the kind of defense you've gotten used to how do you go out against that and do you kind of have to grade your defense on the curve against that type of
3: offense well first of all we're going to run the spread offense it's in that's in the playbook. I've seen the playbook. So it's not a threat, Scooter. I promise you that. We're we going to run it. But you do bring up a point uh, that uh, there is some physicality that you lose from going too tight in.
0: Um, yeah, I'm going to say this. They will run that spread offense, and that's uh, what he's saying. But that's one thing. Look, they're worried about the defense elapsing. Um, um, but I'm going to tell you, look, it's going to help this defense. It's going to absolutely help this defense if we, if our offense runs the spread. Cuz we ran they're going to run RPOs, which is the run pass and the option. And also they're going to run that spread where they where they be able to have the ability to throw the football in time. So, I be honest with you, look. That's not going to be um no um after effects on the um defense. Uh, when we won the spread offense this year, so um, that's my take on it um, we'll go ahead and play some more clips of it um' we'll, uh, and i'll and i analyze it so let me go ahead and uh, switch it over
3: are so two backs and running a power game that your defense has to practice against we're gonna ha- we will still have some twenty 21- one personnel, some 12 personnel, to where when we have to get physical to run the football in short yardage situations, so our defense can still see that, but you bring up a good point.
4: All right, Coach, we'll go in the center section, four rows back, right in front of me. Hey, Coach, Jeffrey Winborn with the Daily Mountain Eagle. Um, Joe Burrow finished the season strong last year against Central Florida. Uh, how do you coach him to carry that momentum over into 2019? And how his progression looked going from year one in the program to year two? Yeah. Well, first of all, we, at this
3: time last year, we didn't have Joe. Uh, he was on the football team. We didn't know who our quarterback was going to be. All I did was see him run sprints. Uh, he won the job. He won the team over. I think the Georgia game was a turnaround game for him. Uh that uh, the team started believing, you know, the quarterback win, 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 could win the big game. The difference is that we've had Joe all spring. He's been with his teammates. He throws on their own. they practice on their own. He sees them work. He knows them. He knows his teammates in and out. He knows the offensive line. This guy is a tremendous leader. And I said it before, he reminds me of Bobby Hebert, a quarterback that I played with, who was a tremendous football player that had all the intangibles of a leader. Joe very tough. Uh, Joe's going to lead by example. His team believes in him. We we expect him to have a great year. Coach, we'll go right here in front of us in the front row. Hey, Coach, John Freire from WAOC in St. Augustine. Let me
2: ask you the other Joe, Joe Brady, who yeah. you touched on when you first started. When did you make the decision to reach out to him, bring him over, and how will he gel with Joe Burrow? Does this spread attack? Uh,
3: favor Joe Burrow more since he came from Ohio State and is kind of familiar with it? Well, uh, when he came over last summer, we had the Saints come in and talk to us about their red zone package, empty package. And then we asked Joe to come on over and talk about uh, the RPOs. He did a tremendous job. A big time job. And I always wanted the Saints passing game and run the RPOs. So it was a natural fit. Uh, Jerry Sullivan was our wide receiver coach. He came in in November, told me that uh, he was retiring, which was very honorable of him. He did a great job for us. I immediately to Joe Brady. And uh, Greg great is on my staff. We called Pete Carmichael, called Coach Payton. Uh, he asked me not to talk to him until the season was over. But as soon as the
4: season was over, we brought him in and hired him, and he's been phenomenal ever since. All right, Coach, we'll go over to our left about three-quarters of the way back. Mike?
2: Yeah, Mike Bianchi, Orlando Sentinel coach. A lot of SEC fans seem to think that UCF maybe was getting a little too big for their britches last year.
3: What did it mean to you guys to win that big bowl game, and what sort of response have you gotten from your SEC brethren? Well, it meant a lot for us, first of all, to win 10 games, uh, to win a New Year's Day Six Bowl. We had a lot of respect for Central Florida day. They, they they were feisty, man. They, they they had an attitude about themselves. And uh, they were, no wonder they won twenty five game. They had some darn good football players They were well coached and they fought you. I knew they was gonna fight to the end. They took a onside kick for us to recover and win the football game. So we had a lot of respect for them. I don't know if they got too big for their britches or not. That's not, not for me to say. I know it was a tough, hard fought ball game.
0: I'm gonna say this, UC UCF was not um um had a bigger britches. They did not. Look, they were they 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 won twenty five games. People's got to realize that. I mean, that's the um, reality of it. Um, Because look, LSU. It it was a tough game. Don't get me wrong. It was an absolute tough game against UCF. They fight to the end. That's what he's saying. I mean, but like I said, look, you can't underestimate teams like that. You cannot. There's no way in hell you can underestimate this, and I mean a lot of fans might do that and say all kind of stupid shit on social media that's just gonna get people riled up and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is, look, you cannot once you play these teams, you 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 have the utmost respect for them, and that's what you have to do, and and, and um, that's the real that's the reality of football right there. So that's my take on it. Let me go ahead and um. Go back and um play some more clips of them
4: all right coach we'll go to the center section right in front of me about three quarters of the way back coach steve Bob here 104.5 espn baton rouge uh obviously a lot of focus on the
3: offensive side of the ball but there's some room for improvement on the defensive side as well and you have a lot of talent returning as you said so what are the areas that you see defensively yeah. that you can see the biggest strides yeah first of all We gave up 167 yards rushing the game. That is not championship football, that's not LSU football. So we have to stop the run. There's no question that we need to get better in tackling, gap fits, schemes, tackles for loss, whatever it may take for us to stop the run, okay? Next of all, we need to put pressure on the quarterback with a four-man rush. It was not good last year. Dave had to do a lot of different things. that really shouldn't have to do at lsu we should be able to rush four guys win one one once then we need to do a better job at two-minute offense and a better job of preventing the deep ball we didn't do a good enough job and sometimes of letting them throw the ball over our head so those are all things that we need to improve but you know you need to go back to tackling you need to go back to turnovers you need to go back to discipline and effort that's what it's going to take to be a great defense coach we'll
4: go to our right here alongside
0: I strongly agree with um what Coach O says. Look, we have to stop the run. We absolutely have to stop the run. Um I don't care if you have to put four men in the box or maybe five men in the box, we have to stop the run because they gave up 167 yards of um Russian offense last year to the opponent. And also they have to stop the deep ball threat as well. That's the biggest um concern um during this football season uh is the um deep ball threat on um from opposing teams and also the run game from uh, opposing teams so uh, he, he was correct he was absolutely correct i know a lot of fans uh can say whatever they want but the truth of the matter is it's all in. The, uh it's all facts it's not bullshit it's not coaches talk and none of that stuff that's that's the main concern they're going to be talking about so let's go ahead and go back to um what he was saying we, we um we're gonna um and then also we'll have um barry odom the uh, coach of missouri and also we'll have dan mullen and we'll have um the sec commissioner greg sankey so let's go ahead and uh, begin a
4: dial midway back Coach, uh, Price Saber
1: from Alabama News Center here in Birmingham. Uh, you talk a lot about wanting to have a culture of true grit and physical football with your team. What do you do to instill those values into your players and keep
3: it going throughout the entire season? Yeah, you know, lead by example. You know, first of all, uh, recruiting character means a lot to us, uh, and that weighs in a bunch. If, uh, we're going out and recruiting, there's too many red flags, we're not going to take a, a young man. We feel that we have recruited some great talent with great character, and that means a lot. Second of all, the way we practice, the way we act, the things that we do on a daily basis, how guys get tested. We call it the Ponderosa where we practice. We go out in the Ponderosa, we go out ones against ones, and you're going to play against a good football player every day, and you're going to find out who you are. And it's going to take character, it's going to take grit to go through our practice schedule in, in, the, in the fall to create a great atmosphere to have a championship football team. And that's my job to do that, and it comes
1: natural. Coach, we'll go to the center all the way in the back. Ed Wilson-Alexander from The Advocate, going into year three here, how do you think you've evolved as a head coach and how do you think that prepares you to lead a team with so much expectation on it this year? Yeah well I'm a lot more comfortable being the head coach
3: at LSU. I do believe that we have our players in. Uh, I do believe last year was a pivotal year as we all know for us. Uh, We proved that we can win. Uh, Having a 10-way season is good, it's not great. It puts us in position to take the next step at LSU, what LSU deserves and I understand that. I do believe I have a lot better staff today than I ever had. I have guys that are experts at the position, the guys that understand the expectations of myself and LSU. I believe we have returning quarterback means a lot to us. We still have to get better in the line of scrimmages. I'm not saying get better players. We need to perform better. We need to coach them better. These guys need to play well in order for us to win the championship. And I think that's where we need to make the biggest improvement on our team.
4: Okay, we'll stay in the center section, all again the same area in the back.
3: Jimmy Ott, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge. Having a great recruiting class like he did in 2019 when Louisiana is so thick has been done before. But the 2020 class is getting a lot lot of production across the whole country. Why is that happening? You know, we have connections, obviously. Uh, LSU has a national brand. And uh, we've had people from California approach us. As a coach, we're interested in coming to LSU. I said, okay, good, we're going to recruit you. Uh, we, out, The first time I had going up in the Baltimore, D.C. area, I seen other schools recruiting that area. So I went up there myself, and we have three guys from that area, and we get four or five. It's a very fertile area. But I think the biggest thing, Jimmy, is LSU has a national brand, but SEC is the hot ticket now, especially the SEC West. Players want to come, they want to compete at the best. They see our games, they see our schedule, they see the draft. The people that are getting developed the most is coming out out of
4: our league. They want to be a part of it. Coach, we'll go over to our right alongside the wall.
2: Hey, Coach, uh, Travis Brown, Bryan College Station Eagle. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Scott Woodward hire and
3: how has that relationship been so far? Yeah, Scott's been phenomenal. You know, he's from Louisiana. Uh, We met at first, we didn't know each other. I would met him once or twice. And then he came in and uh, checked out our recruiting and uh, loved it and loved what we were doing. Uh, he is uh, one of the best athletic directors I've been around so far. Uh, he's the most knowledgeable I've been around forever in, in recruiting. He is into recruiting and you every player on our board. In fact, he gave me a couple of players. Uh, he has some great evaluation tips. Uh, he knows the game. Uh, he has given me everything I need as the head football coach to be successful at LSU. He's gonna work his tail off to make sure that we have everything that we need to win championships. And that's all you can ask an athletic director. To me, he's been phenomenal. Our relationship right now
4: is phenomenal. We'll go our aisle to the right, all the way in the back. Coach O, Rex Cassier from WRBL. Just can you talk about uh, Peter Parrish, the quarterback that you got from Phoenix City, just how he's been able to adjust to LSU's culture? Yeah, first of
3: all, i tell you real quick. Peter came to camp and we didn't offer him and he left. And I couldn't sleep that night. And I woke up at 6 o'clock that morning. I had a sad meeting and said, we got to offer this young man. And uh, we text him mama. Give gave us a call. He called us back. They were about to enter another camp in another school. And we offered him a scholarship. And he came. Uh, Peter's been great. Obviously, we can't coach him with a ball in his hand right now, so we don't know. Uh, I look forward to, in August, in August uh, coaching Peter. Uh, he's a championship, state championship quarterback in Alabama. We think he's going to have a great career for us. It
1: will stay in the center section over here in the back. Hey, Brooks Cabina from The Advocate. Um, both coaches earlier today have spoken about the NCAA transfer portal.
0: I'm going to say this about Peter Parrish. Look, he's going he's gonna, to uh, gel well over here. Look, he was saying that uh, they didn't offer him a scholarship. That's one thing. Look, if we can get these young men to come to LSU, we will, we will be a damn good football team for years to come. Because we can recruit uh, the best. I mean, I don't care if it's here in Louisiana, here in the New Orleans area, or on the North Shore, or the uh, north of the state, or uh, southwest Louisiana and all that. Look, we we're, we recruit here uh, um, across the country and also here in Louisiana. So, uh, look. So um, I don't care. Like I said, if he goes to Florida, they can, they'll go and recruit there. So look, uh, that guy Peter Parrish, Look, he's from um, Phoenix, LA, um, Phoenix City, Alabama. So I'm gonna tell you, look, he's gonna he's gonna get um used to the LSU um offense. They're gonna give him the playbook. He's gonna have to learn that playbook. Once Joe Burrow is gone, he's gonna have to come in and step up for um. LSU uh, once uh, Joe Barrow is gone So that's my take on it. I mean go ahead and finish up this last few minutes of this um, uh, Ed Erzron and then we'll um, key up um, Barry Odom from um, uh, Missouri, so let me go ahead and key this up I mean from
1: your perspective how much does that change the game in roster management from both ends? Yeah, um, yeah, Joe Burrow as a transfer before no he wasn't in the portal, but you know, just going on, what are the challenges on both ends of that? How much has it change mm-hmm. the game? Yeah.
3: First of all, I'm against it, and that doesn't matter if I'm against it or not. I think that certain people are going to transfer, but I think that uh, both young men ought to try to stick it out. There's four or some guys that, have, that enter the transfer portal and have nowhere to go, and uh, they give up an education. I don't think that's right. I think that they should limit the time in which a, a young man can transfer uh, it should be after spring ball, it should be after he completed a spring semester, he should be eligible before he entered the transfer portal, it should be about a week, and give them a decision and let them go. So those are the things I think that are going to be changed. I don't know if they're going to be changed, but that's my own personal opinion. Uh, But you have to be ready. Uh, Roster management is important, especially with your 25 initials. We talk talk about it at SEC Coaches to make some moves, to change some things, to enable us to get 85 back. I think that's going to be
4: an ongoing process. Coach, we'll go over here on the left side of the wall. Hey, Coach, uh, Jacques Doucet, WAFB. Uh, Coach, you've got some great leaders, great people on the defensive line, Fajoco, Lawrence, Logan. Is it just a matter of them getting a little more nasty this year to to win those
3: those bigger games in the trenches? You know, uh, first of all, I'm going to be a lot more involved in coaching the defensive line this year than I ever been, and uh, that's something that I know we could do well. We're going back to an attack defensive line. We're going to be more of a four-man defensive line, a stunning defensive line. Uh, causing tackles in the backfield, getting a better quarterback rush. So this is going to enable these guys. We're going to make some slight adjustments on how we play with the guys, but it's going to be more of a freestyle attack, getting in the backfield, making plays. So I think you're going to see that with those guys. We're going to go
4: right here in front on the front row.
0: Joe Bombo, SB Nation Radio. Obviously, he has big shoes to fill, but what are some of the tributes that you're seeing from Michael Divinity?
3: Yeah, uh, Michael's a leader. He's a vocal leader. He's tough. Uh, He's able to key and diagnose. He has a great awareness. He can see the play happening before the snap. He studies. uh, It's his senior year. It means a lot to him. Michael wants to have a great year. He wants to win. He wants to be an NFL football player. He's very motivated, strong, physical, probably one of our tougher players.
4: So all those things, uh, that's what you want in a great linebacker. Hey, Coach, we're going to go back over to our right side all the way in the back. Coach, Raymond Parch with 103.7 The Game in Lafayette. Tyler Shelvin is a player that
2: you've been able to develop, work on his weight in particular Mm -hmm. last year. He got some playing time.
3: How key will he be this year, and how is his development continuing to progress? Yeah, Tyler's down to a slim 340 now. He came to us with about 380 pounds. Tyler's worked very hard this summer. Uh, He's worked hard on his eligibility. He's worked hard on the football field. Tommy Mathis has has given him some uh, some good some good reviews. And uh, you know, last year with Apu Aika in, uh, Tyler and Apu have been competing for the starting position. I think that helped Tyler. He had to compete a little bit more. I think you'll see both of them play. Tyler may be a starter, Oppo may be a starter. We're going to decide that out the camp, but you're going to see him play a lot. He played a lot better towards the end of the year. Last year, we learned how
4: to play with his weight down. Coach, we'll go down here on our left, second row, Bob. Ed, kind of, kind of follow-up on the transfer question. I think Joe's going to be one of four, maybe five, uh, graduate transfers that will start quarterback in this league. What, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a trend that's going to continue? And do you understand why so many quarterbacks transfer? Yeah. You know, obviously you can't play three quarterbacks. Right. Huh? You know, I'm, I'm for the graduate transfer rule. I think that's, you know,
3: you graduated, it, it, If the situation don't fit you, you got one year to go, go play football. And I think, you know, Joe's a great example. Cole Trace is a great example. Uh, I think that you're going to see it with the quarterbacks. Obviously, you can only play one especially if a quarterback has one year left and he's not going to play, he should be afforded
4: the opportunity to go play somewhere. All right, we have time for one more question, if anyone's got a final question. All right, Coach, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Go Tigers.
0: Yep, what he said um, about the um, graduate transfer rule, I think it's perfect. Um, Look, if he has one year of eligibility left, he should be able to play, just like the um, transfer portal, um, portal. Look, I am, I am definitely for it. In, in some instances, if that guy doesn't work out, then he can go transfer to another school. No um, questions asked. But look, you got to try to stick it out. Like he said, they're, um, they're. Um, they're, they're they're affecting their education. That's one thing about it. He's saying in his um comments to the uh, media. So that's one thing. Look to keep in mind. See if you're gonna get some of these players um, coming out of this um, portal. Look, they could either play for a major um another team um outside the conference, or they could play for DFCS. Um, and the FCS, I'm going to tell you, look, you might, you might be able to play as a, as a um, transfer. So that's on the FCS level. You automatically play. So uh, keep that in mind, folks, during the football season. So um, let's begin, um, go back to another, um, we'll switch this out, and we'll go to another, um, press conference, let's go to um, uh, Barry Odom, he is the um, coach of uh, Missouri, let's go ahead and play him, and then we'll play Dan Mullen, I'm going to switch out one second, so it should come up in a second, I'm going to switch it over, Well, will listen to Coach Odom um, from um, Missouri, let's begin, 29 what you know Carney, Missouri. Yeah, it is. Kill Garrett,
2: who's will leave as one of the best linebackers ever to play the game at Mizzou. And then one is from Dallas, Texas, DeMarcus Acey. I'm proud of the way that these guys have led our team, but they're just a small group of, of who we are. But you look at the things that this group has done on the, the offseason workouts, the way since our last bowl game, when it concluded... In late December, they've decided to raise the bar on who we want to be and how we're going to go do it. And the culture of our entire organization is going to be our edge as we get into the 2019 season. I love my staff and I love our team. I think you look at the way that we've spent time, we've committed to time spent with our players and our student-athletes on the personal development side of it on the personal development side of moving our program forward. Our team has embraced that. We're all aligned with the same vision and direct approach on how we can be our best throughout our habits, our preparation. It's called for us the winning process of how we go about things. I'm fortunate that the staff that we have, it's the best group that I've that I've ever been around and I don't like to get into a lot of comparisons but I look at the group and the experience that they bring to the table. I'm fortunate that I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of guys that are like-minded and they're, they're there to serve our kids. You look at the organization and the culture that we've got, not only our assistant coaches, but our recruiting department, our academic staff, strength and conditioning, sports medicine, uh, the Mizzou MADE program, it makes us who we are. The look at the idea of our opportunities right now as coaches or leaders, We're teachers, and we've got an opportunity to take our young team and develop and mold them in three, four, or five years and turn them out to the real world uh, as better persons, better dads, better husbands, better fathers. That's my job. That's my role, and I embrace it every day to have the opportunity to do that. I'm honored and and humbled to be the coach of the Missouri Tigers, this group specifically, on the work that we have done and we're going to do moving into the 2019 season. We've got great momentum. You look at the things that we've accomplished off the field, we've got the highest GPA that a Mizzou football team's ever had in back-to-back semesters. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the work that they've done. You look at the opportunity that we had over 50 guys with above a 3.0 GPA, okay? That doesn't happen overnight. It happens because you recruited the right kids, they're bought into the program, they're willing to follow the direction and they do it together with each other. The idea of the concept of we over me, we talk about it all the time in our program, about our culture not just being the people on our team, it's also the people who influence or touch all the people on our team. Our organization is so much bigger than myself, we understand that we've got an opportunity with this platform to represent somebody and something a lot bigger than ourselves. The state of Missouri, the fans, who I'm so thankful for, the folks that have built Mizzou football into what it is today, it's our job to take that and continue to move forward along with the winning process. You look at the scope of what our team and how it's made up of, you know, I'm proud of the opportunity with the momentum that we have coming off of last year, the carryover of our habits, the ways those, the vision, the way that they look from day to day on the operations on how we function. They've developed into the concept and the opportunity just to be focused on being the best them. Be the best version of yourself, and we focus and spend a lot of time talking about that. The depth of our team, if you look up front, it's built um, on the line of scrimmage, on both the offensive and defensive line. We've got three guys on the offensive line, and Yasir Durant, Tristan Castillo, and Trevor Sims, who've played more snaps than anybody in our league, as close to that they've got an opportunity to leave their mark on Mizzou. Could take a number of guys in into this arena and would be very proud of what they represent and what they stand for. If you move outside of the line of scrimmage on the offensive side, Jonathan Johnson is 800 yards away from being our all-time leading receiver at the University of Missouri. That means something. But so those guys do it collectively together. We've got a really good group of eight returning starters on offense. We've got five to six on defense, kind of whichever way that you look at it, but it's a group with experience that looks forward to carrying the momentum that we have and the opportunity that's in front of us with the challenge of our league and the way that it starts and the schedule lays out. The way that the team transformed over the offseason, they took an opportunity when we were dealt some information from the NCAA, and they took that as an opportunity and a life lesson for us. Okay? For me as a leader of the group, okay, life is not fair. Okay? For us, as you look at it, okay, what do you control? And any amount of time spent thinking on that, the what ifs, then you get off of the focus and the habits that it takes to be the successful person that we need to be and the successful team that we're going to be. We don't control any of that. Okay? So what we focused on is controlling our attitude, and having absolutely zero excuses. Again, our culture has stood the test of time with this, and it will be our edge. We didn't have one player on our entire roster enter the portal system. I'm proud of that. That means that our kids are invested in wanting to be student athletes at the University of Missouri. You talk about the experience and the leadership throughout our locker room and throughout our program. Everybody's got a story on how they ended up at Mizzou, But collectively, together, they're excited about...
0: Yeah, what he said about the portal system. They had zero players that entered that portal system. I think that's good, to be honest with you. Because, look, if you're invested in um, your education at Missouri, look, the sky's the limit. I mean, look, you know a lot of them just just wash out and stuff like that and and just not... um, Uh, make it, but the truth of the matter is, look, if you're um, committed to it, you got to stick to it. So that's my take on the um, transport uh, portal um, at Mizzou. So let me go ahead and play this back for you. So let's go ahead and do that.
2: Leaving their mark on our program and taking the Mizzou brand and continue to move it forward. So it'll be a very, very rewarding experience when you Look at a locker room and the way that our group is made up. It doesn't matter where you're from or what your last name is. It doesn't matter the experiences that you've had. It shapes who we are. The work, the preparation, the foundation that we have built during that time, we've got an opportunity. And it's one of the most beautiful things when a team gets aligned in their vision and their beliefs. We've got an opportunity to do that now that we're looking at, in a very short order, about 47 days kicking this season off. So I'm thankful to be here, excited about this group,
4: and at this time we'll open up for any questions that we've got in the room. All right, thank you, Coach Odom. If you have a question, please raise your hand. Amanda, Jordan, and Sarah will get a microphone to you. Jordan, if we can come down here in front. and if you'll please stand, give your name and affiliation. We'll start over here on the left with Bob. Hey, uh, hey, Barry. Bob Holt, Arkansas-Democrat. Is that how, how you do?
2: I'm good, Bob. Um, good to see you.
4: Hey, good to see you. I wanted to ask about Kelly Bryant. What do you think was the key to getting him to Missouri? How's he fit in? What What is he going to bring to the table for you?
2: I think when Kelly stepped on campus for his official visit, we saw an interaction between him and our team in the locker room, and there was a natural fit. I think that was important. I've learned he's a very selfless person. Low, low ego, but one of the best competitors I've ever been around. So that fit with who we are as a program and an organization. He also looks at the opportunity when you look at the makeup of the guys returning on that side of the ball, um, on stepping in and the quarterback position. You know, he's going to make some mistakes. All quarterbacks do. We need 10 guys around him to play really well. But also the fit that he had when he was on campus, you know, there's times That through the recruiting process you can tell the story over and over over the phone or through graphics and pictures but then you get a kid on campus you get a prospect on campus and they see what we have they see the structure the culture the ownership of our team with our players it touches them they know that they're going to have success they give we give them the platform to go be successful and guys want to be part of that they see it they're attracted to it and it was
4: a very very natural fit Coach will go all the way in front of us, all the way towards the back.
1: Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. Coach, you, you talk about Kelly and his impact. What, what's, what are your overall thoughts on the, the transfer portal, just having gone through kind of a full year of this thing? Yeah, the, the thing with
2: um, how you build your roster, and, you know, it's it's unique for every situation. And and, and, and our opinions at Mizzou, the ways that you always want to try to, you want to improve your, your roster through recruiting in, in every area, and well, how do you, how do you build that? Okay, the approach of grad transfers, of, of high school, junior college, how is, how is your program built? You've got to make sure, and we do from uh, the inside out, that it's built that we're all in for Mizzou. I don't want a situation where a guy steps in that doesn't fit with the, the culture of who we are. And doesn't want to do it the Mizzou way because then the experience that they have won't be what they're looking for so the ways through the transfer portal I think we've been very very um, open to finding out how it's going to fit how does it work you know what the opportunities are there but also there's more time that I need before I have a firm belief in yeah this is a great thing or not I also I look at the experiences for student athletes you know for them in the short window they've got to be a student athlete a college student athlete I want it to be the best experience it can be for that kid okay and you know fortunate we are in the the category that we haven't had guys leave they've wanted to be at Mizzou um is that going to change I'm sure it will over time that that we'll have a player leave and enter the portal but right now it's too early for me to stand and, and say uh, exactly how I feel, the the good or the bad with that. I know we've got to be really, you know, you've got to be open and, and really study on what's out there and what's available because the roster management just has increased. The time that you spend on that has increased so much with those opportunities.
4: Hey okay, we'll stand the center section. Coach, right in front of me, all the way in the back.
1: Hey, Barry, Brooks Cabina from The Advocate in Baton Rouge. Uh, following up on that, I mean, You you mentioned the time you spend on uh, going through transfer portals and things like that, roster management, building. Just, just how much time do you dedicate to that? How, you know, whenever you looked at that, obviously with Kelly Bryant coming in. I mean, how, how much time do you dedicate, or maybe that's something you go with your staff? How do you, how do you manage? Well, I think every every
2: coach that's here today would have different ways that they run their program, and you know, where Mizzou is not unique in as much as. Our recruiting department, we've got a couple of guys designated in, in that area that, that help us out on on all the different aspects of recruiting, and, and this has become one of them. So the amount of time that you spend recruiting, you know, it's day-to-day uh, attention to to every aspect of recruiting, but also to have the idea of how you project the players at your position on your current roster, and then is it an immediate need that can step in and help us through the transfer process. I think it's different for every team. And uh, ours, we've, we've been able and been very fortunate to hit on guys that have come in and help us uh, with immediate needs.
4: Okay, other questions, please raise your hand. We'll get a microphone. We'll go right up here, up front, left. Drew DeArmond, WZZN Radio, Huntsville,
1: Alabama. Coach, you transitioned from defensive coordinator to head coach. For, for, this is your fourth season. How has your philosophy changed, and what have you learned and, have, and as you set the culture for your organization as a head coach to, to put your stamp on Missouri football? Well, you look at
2: you're always learning from your experiences, and fortunately or unfortunately, there, you, you take some hits along the way and you learn from it, okay? You want to you make sure that the things that you do, you don't go back and make that mistake again. The things you did well, you want to find out the reasons why and continue to move it forward. I think the self-evaluation and critique is really, really important. And that's another reason I'm so thankful for our staff is because we have open, honest conversations in our staff room and, you know, I don't have all the answers. But together, collectively, we find out the best answer for our team and that in the staff room and we walk out the door, we're all on the same page. That's helped me more than anything. I also look at the coordinators on both sides, Derek Dooley on offense, Ryan Walters on defense. We've got a comfort level that we're playing smart football together and we understand you know the times on, on how we're playing offensively or defensively. There's give and take on both, but together, you know, it's got a there's there's staff harmony that we have right now in our room that that makes us a better
4: football team. Coach, we'll go over on our left side, about midway back. There's a the microphone. Uh, John Adams, of USA Today, Tennessee Network. Uh, Barry, you mentioned about the transfers. Nobody transferred back in February. You were upset with some SEC schools coming after your players. Why do you think it played out the way it did with everybody staying?
2: I think there's a number of reasons why it did. I think, number one, the leadership of